This is the Motivation Mike. I'm Adam Banerjee, and I'm here today with Jonathan Farrington. He's an actor. His credits include Alberto in the Concrete Jungle, I Guess I'm Rich Now, and a sitcom for Geo. He's also a singer and a coach for creatives. What up, Jonathan? Hey, what's up, man? Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay, it's good. You got to really know me a bit even before the podcast. We, mm-hmm. we did laundry. How was it witnessing me do laundry before you came on this podcast? You are a pretty good folder. You had a, a lot of clothes and I watched you fold them nicely and pack them into the bag. Man, I, I, I must say I've never seen anyone so efficient in folding. You get, really? Get 100%. Yeah, I feel like you're giving me so much credit. I mean, hey, I'm I'm one of those persons. I don't even fold at the laundromat. If I do go, I just dump everything you back dump into it. the bin, take it back home, and I might fold the laundry, the clothes like maybe like five days later. I got you. I'm got one of you. those persons, so but, I admire that. But your shit doesn't look crinkly. Well, you know that's what I'm saying. You know, how do you do that? It's it's a it's a process. It's a process. It's a process called get up in the morning, leave the shirt on a hanger. You know those steamer, those steamer irons? Yeah, you have, I have one. I have one of those too. So they're really helpful sometimes. But sometimes like your shirts, like they're just ready to go. I don't know. I just, they're just ready to go. It's it's nice when it happens like that. Where <laughs> you is. just feel, because it's like ironing is very like 1960s. Oh, it is. Yeah. It really is. So I just, you know, I, I, I prefer to have like easy breathable clothes that don't get wrinkled too much that I can just grab and go you know when i'm running errands or coming to do a podcast with you yeah welcome to the ironing laundry podcast <laughs> oh my god <laughs> get motivated to do your laundry don't let it pile hey up that's in a, a big corner. deal <laughs> especially for our generation yeah what's the link between entertainment comedy and laundry being an actor <laughs> yes yes that's true because we have to Sometimes our lawn, our dirty laundry gets aired out. Of course. Right? And sometimes we got to put on laundry. Mm-hmm. Like, laundry becomes our clothes. Well, and, and to that, also, like, just as an actor, like, your world and your life, if you're really doing this thing and you're pursuing it with all of your heart, like, it's a, every day is unexpected. It's It's so spontaneous. So like, just like, of course, like some days you will have a bunch of clothes piled up. Some days you'll have a bunch of auditions that you need to get through. And you're like, how am I going to, how am I going to iron all of these auditions out? You just have to find a way, make it work and be the best actor that you can be on that particular day. <laughs> I feel you. And sometimes like, it's kind of funny. I, I remember when we used to do those in-person auditions, mm-hmm. um, have you ever been to, have you done everything virtually already oh, or is it you're going to in-person auditions. now? I, I used to do a lot. I Mostly all of my auditions were in person in New York. Gotcha. Because I started off in theater. Yeah. Now that I'm in LA, I've just only been doing uh, tapings. Yeah. But I, I really want to do an in-person audition. I want to do one so bad. Like, I'm craving it. You have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was alluding to how people used to come to auditions dressed up <laughs> yeah. in character. Like, I remember... <gasps> I would always like try to find a balance with it. I think I overdid it to be clear. Like I did wear a cop uniform to a cop audition before. Yes, I've done it. Yes, I've done it. However, (laughs) I felt justified (laughs) because I remember going to like 
Paramount or something. And this dude was like, he had the badge on. Ooh. He had the handcuffs. <laughs> he had everything. It's given Halloween. I mean, yeah. I mean, this dude, watch. He probably booked the shit. He probably did. <laughs> he was just a little bit more of a cop than you were. He was. He was. You should have brought a real gun. Oh my god! I was thinking back to that. I was like, "Did he have a prop gun?" I feel like that would be so problematic. Um, just terrify everybody <laughs> in the studio. That's how. That's how you do that's it. That's how you book it. That's how you do you gotta it. You got to make a bold choice, right? Daring bold choice. Everyone has their own type of bold choices, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. And I remember. So for like, uh, there were like nurse auditions mm. or um, paramedic. Or doctor, and sometimes for like doctor or nurse, you could get away with like some people would come in and they would wear the the scrubs. The scrubs, yeah. Uh, so some people went full on, like I did, and then other people went like uh, they just wore the top, and then okay. the, the bottoms were normal. I, I feel like at least with that costume, <laughs> it's like with that costume, um, it's subtle. It's not like you have a whole getup. It's right. just like, and maybe, you know, there are nurses and doctors that are also actors. So that they, are also actors. They might just be coming from their job. I know one in particular, so I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. But it's tricky. Like, I feel like, yeah, it is kind of hamming it up, to mm-hmm. be honest. It is kind of hamming it up to, like, go there wearing the exact costume. Um, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's ways to hint at it, I think. Like, the way I kind of changed that up for myself was I just got, like, a like a light blue nice t-shirt from target and yeah. i was like this is like hinting at scrubs but it's not scrubs right you found a way to 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 to, to be very modest but also still effective right I think right i think and i think people i think casting directors appreciate that because at the end of the day it's about i would i would hope it's about like the work that you're bringing into the room and how best you're telling the story of this character yeah and how that reads and it comes across yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly exactly Mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about your background because our background covers or colors so much about our lives yeah so tell us about the bahamas Ooh, the bahamas so yeah i was born and raised in the bahamas uh literally always wanted to be a performer be an actor and i started off like performing in like church or school services or like organizational civic events. I was always the singer, always the performer. And um, interestingly enough, I always wanted to move to New York. I don't, I don't know, maybe because I used to watch like a lot of American television. Yeah. But I don't know. It was just something in me as a kid. I was like, I want to live in New York. I don't even know how the hell I knew what New York was. But anyway, it was a desire. So I knew I was going to leave eventually. So I finally left to go off to acting school at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York uh, in 2017. Okay. And I did, I studied drama there and it was an amazing experience. Uh, Graduated with the Lawrence Lagner Award for speech and theater and started doing like a lot of off-Broadway stuff and was about to do a Broadway show and then the pandemic happened. Um, But... I would say growing up in the Bahamas, it really prepared me for New York because I come from, in the Bahamas, it's an island. It's a, it's a, it's a country, but you live on in Nassau where I'm from. It's an island. It's broken up into different islands. So I'm from Nassau and Nassau is pretty small. You know, a lot of people, you come in contact with a lot, a lot of the same people in your circle. 
So you get a sense of community and collaboration. And I feel like that was something that really prepared me for coming to the United States and to study uh, drama because I feel like just being a good actor means you're a good collaborator. You're a good uh, teammate. You know how to uh, work with different people with different personalities. Right. So yeah, besides it being like true paradise, it was it was the place that really just gave me my my grounding and my foundation, and here I am now. Yeah, I can tell you have a very fond recollection of all that. Like while mm-hmm. you're saying it, I'm like, oh yeah, like he loves this memory, these memories of coming up in the Bahamas. For us Americans, it's like the Bahamas is is like a dream idea. We're like. Everyone is like, it's very status, status yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I remember growing up and my rich friend's parents were like always going to the Bahamas. And I always, I grew up feeling like, oh, that's what rich, rich people, people do. do. They go to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> but for you, you're like, <laughs> how do you feel? <laughs> no, they do. They definitely do. Tourism is our number one industry. So yeah. we welcome the tourists, we welcome the money. But I also feel like people come to the Bahamas because it's a place of escape. Mm. You can do so much there and a lot of celebrities come there too. So it's like you can there's you can hide there, you can get away from the hustle and bustle. Right. Uh so there's a there's a there's a relaxation, there's a comfort there. Time isn't even really a factor. There's a thing that we joke about at back at home is about being on Bahamian time. You think people be on LA time <laughs> yeah. is, ba- is bad? <laughs> Try being on uh Bahamian time. Hence the reason why I was late to your uh to this interview, but we won't fucker. get into that. I will t- I can tell on myself. I'm sh- I'm not ashamed. Yeah, we we can't let you slide on it. We got to hold you accountable. Hold me accountable. No, but it is a good lesson. It is a good lesson. You know, I should have been like, "You know what? We're not fucking doing the podcast anymore, Jonathan. It's done. You have it's no over." Idea. I would have been scarred. I would have been so hurt. Like, whew, I'm glad you didn't do that. My my heart can't take that. <laughs> but it is it is a good it is a good lesson to keep in mind though because I remember I had an acting coach that used to tear me a new one Ooh. when I would be late for acting class and sometimes I personally felt like I had a reason. Um, there was it was raining torrential downpour or whatever, but oh, they don't care. It was like it was more about. It was more about making sure that when the right opportunity is in front of you, that you're not in this habit yeah. of being late. Being late, yep. Um, because sometimes you might get away with it, and other times you might not. Mm-hmm. And those will be the times where you'll be like, oh, damn, I blew that opportunity. And then you feel like shit at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, or you show up, and you're not in the best headspace, mm-hmm. right? So it is good. It is good. That's something I've learned over time, too. It's just like yes. setting yourself up for your future is, I think, is is good, you know? Easier said than done. Um, but it's just like that forethought, you know? No, I, I definitely agree. I feel like it's, it's, it's important for actors, even though we have so many things that go, that goes on in our lives that tear at us and, you know, we have to fight against like it's it's important for us to always just stay on top of our stuff and be present as much as we can yeah and own up to our shit like own up to it i think owning up to it helps us to be better so i'm i'm good like i i'm, I'm so much better than where i used to be 
But every every season, there's a new level that you got to come up to, you know. And just that awareness alone, if you if you follow that that leading, you 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 get better. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. So I know you have this passion. You have definitely a positive vibe about you. It's very really? contagious. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, no one's ever told you this. Yeah, I've been told that. <laughs> You're like, ain't nothing new. Sometimes I, I want to be the bad guy, though. I want to be like the asshole. You want to be an asshole? I don't. I really don't. But I think sometimes I want to. Yeah, I can connect with that. But I don't. I, I j- deep down inside, I, I, I'm not an asshole. I'm really a real caring, empathetic ball of just love. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if um, anyone's ever told you you're an asshole, but... No, I've never... Actually, <laughs> no, we won't talk about that. But no, generally, I don't, I don't get asshole. I get the opposite. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as someone who also... It's like I like to be... I like to feel that I'm an asshole every once in a while. So if I piss off a girl I'm dating or mm-hmm. whatever, or someone doesn't like something I did... It, and they call me out. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that feels good. It feels good. Right? It feels good. It's like I'm not, I'm not like, oh, so cordial all the time. Right. Um, and there is that side of me, just like I'm sure there's that side to you as well. <laughs> it's more moody for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not much of an asshole. I'm more moody, so I'm more like, really like, just like I don't want to be bothered, or just like I'll, I'll be really quiet. Yeah, or like to myself. Or like if I'm really having a bad day, like I don't want anybody to talk to me. Just leave me alone. Yeah, then, yeah, like, yeah. My friends would be like, oh, he's in that mood again. And then they do something stupid. And then I'm like, I have to laugh because it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big extreme. I'm right. told it can shift the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I totally get that. It's such a balance with everything. Like yeah. I feel myself getting moody because... I talk a lot because mm-hmm. of the various things I do, right? Stand up, voice acting, life coaching, working with actors, it's this podcast. <laughs> Oral was like, man, you are running your mouth exactly. 24-7. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Sometimes and that comes I from just... a guy by, who has the name Oral. <laughs> I just had to put that in there. <laughs> yeah, it is true. It is true. It is true. I don't even know why I said that. But anyway, I just. Yeah. Yeah. So it's true. Because that's what I had to get my moment of being an asshole. I was like, get the fuck out of my room. Right. Get the fuck out of my room. I'm trying to watch The Watcher on Netflix, which is so dope, by the way. I I don't know if you've seen it, but it's so good. He's like, oh, you watching Netflix from the computer? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, bro. We don't all have a big screen TV. Like you do. Exactly. It does exist. It's here in the living room. But sometimes we like privacy right it's like if i'm watching the watcher and then oral comes in and he's watching me watch the watcher it's like it's a problem it's too much it's too much it's too much sometimes you want your solitude and that's what and that's really what when i know that i'm in that zone i know that that means I've, i'm depleted and i need to replenish i need to give back to myself because you again you're giving so much of yourself to so many people right constantly right so we as artists we have to understand that we have to replenish ourselves consistently yeah. just as much as we give we have to give back to ourselves yeah exactly it's necessary how do you replenish i 
I eat a lot of fruits. Okay. Fruits do it for me. I just love fruits. Whenever I'm eating fruit and vegetables, it's like I feel like I'm giving my body this just, I don't know. I'm just treating my body to something that's healthy but also tasty. This is the best PSA for a 12-year-old. Like, (laughs) I feel like (laughs) when I was... In school, they would have the worst ways to tell me, like, oh, you should eat your vegetables. You should eat your fruits. But, like, here you are, a cool dude who's going to tell me in such a genuine way that they just love eating things that are good for them. It's like I could buy into that. Like, Ooh, the 12-year-old me would be like, that. mom, like, did you buy some kiwis? <laughs> like, can you get some organic blueberries? I like that. I like that. <sighs> no, it's... It, 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 I'm telling you, it's legit the truth. Like I, there was one night I was I was in such a low mood, low vibrational place, and I was like, "Man, I was like strawberries, pineapple." There's a Ralph's not too far from where I live. I kid you not, I put on some sweats and a, a, a hoodie, and I walked to Ralph's, bought me some some mango, like the, the cut up mango and the cut up pineapples, and I came back, laid it out before me, and I just watched the show and I just ate it, and I I was. So it was blissful. I judge people that don't like mangoes. Same. I feel like it's almost racist. I I don't even get me started. (laughs) The half Indian part of me is like, you don't like mangoes. Exactly. (laughs) Why don't you you like mangoes? You guys have mangoes in India? Yeah, it's a big staple. Oh, wow. Same in the Caribbean, in the Bahamas. I mean... I grew up with a mango tree in the back of my yard. So in the summer, I would all, we would always look forward to like buckets of mangoes. Buckets. Oh, yeah. they Because they would just fall from the tree. So you mm. just pick them up off the floor. You go, you climb the tree and you pick them. So I just grew up just eating fruits. And it, it's, it again, it's probably something that it reminds me of just like home. Right, and right. And just that sense of Caribbean-ness. I it's nostalgic. Know. It's nostalgic. Yeah. But I just, I just like fruits. So if you know what you, if you want to, if you want to get me something, just... <laughs> Just, just some. That's my job to say that. If you want to get me something, well, you know, I'm the guest, so true, true, <laughs> true. Own that, own that. Um, you just made me think of like sipping from a fresh coconut, like. Mm. But you know what? I'm so American. What reminds me of home is a bag of Lay's chips. Which flavor? Sour cream and onion. Mm, okay. You don't love it. I what was my favorite Lay's chips? I didn't like the originals. I think the barbecue was okay for me. Barbecue's good. Mm-hmm. Barbecue's good. But I don't. I, unfortunately, I don't eat. I don't eat them anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, not so unfortunate. Like right. they like. I have a stomach ache every single time I eat it. You eat them. Yeah. But I mean, I it's like why. the 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 activity. Like when she, when you're in it, it doesn't feel bad. Oh yeah. It's the after. It's the after right, it's, right. it's in anything like that. Like I could name five things right now. That right. I would probably love to eat right now, but just the after effect. No, I'll pass. I'm right. Good. It's like sex with your ex. It feels good. But then after you're like, oh, man, Jesus, Lord, I should not have done that. This boy did not just go there anyway. Okay. <laughs> yes. But yes, to that point. Right. You got it. Right. <laughs> It's like passionate and like everyone's frustrated. And yeah, then maybe once that's, I mean, yeah, I guess that's like eating lace chips. I mean, it's emotional eating, right? It is. My life. 
It's so hard. It's so hard. I need this right now. <sighs> and then you eat it. And then you're like, okay, what now? What now? And then it's it's even more weird. And Jesus. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the nutritional mic. Um, Jeez. So tell us a little bit about the film that you wrote and acted in. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm rich now. So... I guess I'm rich now was a was an idea literally that came out of boredom. Mm-hmm. I was at this point I was already I was in LA and I wasn't really doing anything with my acting. Mm-hmm. I had an I ha, I have an agent but my agent is in New York. I didn't have any representation here in LA so I was just bored. Yeah. So I was like I'll just write a script, you know. So I wrote this script and I sent it off to one of my friends who is a cinematographer and I was like, eventually I was like, dude, I think we should, we should shoot this at some point. But I was just joking, but he was like, he emailed me back and he's like, I like this. We should do it. I was like, Oh, okay, let's do it then. So basically the story is surrounding a character by the name of Anthony who lives in LA with a roommate and dude is like really struggling to like find himself, pay his bills his dad didn't really leave a great legacy for him. Mm. His dad is like a security guard. So he's kind of like having to like pick up the pieces of nothingness. Mm. Yeah. So we, it's, it's really just a day in the life of what he has to go through. He has a, he has a job as a waiter. He also does like clown work. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's on the cover. It's on the cover. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we we see him go through this day and it's just a shitty day and then he gets into the subway and then that's when things turn take a turn for the change in a big change happens and um i won't give it away but um at the end of the short film we see him uh and his roommate they are about on the precipice of their lives changing in a very interesting way but it's almost like in a Black Mirror kind of vibe. Like, for the audience, it's like, really? Like, this is this seems too good to be true. So then it... Right, it, yeah. right. Yeah, I can totally connect to the title because it's like I've had periods of my life where I was doing very well mm-hmm. financially. And I was like, I guess I'm rich now. I remember that feeling of like, oh... Because it's like that that starving artist that used to be me, um, and somewhat still is. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, what do I have to do to make everything work out? Work, what yeah. what job do I have to do? And it was like, oh, I guess I'm I'm rich now. Um, okay, I can relax. I don't have to go to work. Right. Um, but you know. I'm I'm like okay with money and so you could probably tell by the way I even just said that it's like I'm not the best. Right. So I tend to adjust my spending to how much I have uh-huh. which leads me back to the poor house. But then I have another windfall of big cash and yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I'm good." So, yeah, I don't know. Um it's just an interesting concept I think because when we find ourselves in new parts of our lives we kind of like adapt we adapt and not only that we also like there's this high right of like oh my god finally i have this thing 
and then you get it and it's like well okay well what do i do now like right right nothing's changed you just have some money in your pocket a lot or some more money in your bank account and i think it's it's just a mindset thing of like well as artists especially when you've been deprived of it and you haven't had it for so long it's really about strategic planning and i think with this character because we're we're we're, we're thinking about turning it into a series mm. independently and we're exploring like all of the decisions and all of the things that he's he's going to have to face and even own up to with his own shortcomings because we can think that we're ready for something and then when we get it and it's like no we're not ready because your actions and your decisions prove that you're still stuck in the same mindset. Right, right. And I think that's the interesting thing about Anthony. So that's why we have, I guess I'm rich now, because like, are you rich? You can have money, but are you rich in your mind? Are you rich in your actions? Are you rich in your relationships? Right. Yeah. And I think I learned it from Jay-Z. There's rich and then there's wealthy. Right. Right. So it's like there have been various times in my life where I felt rich but wealth is the next level, which mm-hmm. is where you want to get, right? You want to feel like you have wealth, like you are not working to live. Correct. Or your or, or your money is making money for you. That even when you sleep, money is still being made for you. Right. And I think that's one of my 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 biggest desires is to see creatives have that opportunity, you know, where we're not just waiting on the next job to 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 make ends meet. But we, we're so talented and gifted in other ways that we can find other ways to make money and grow wealth. Right. Yeah. And there are so many opportunities mm-hmm. for artists now. But you have to be ambitious, yeah. I feel like, to really take advantage of it and to put yourself out there. Put yourself out there, yeah. Because it's like, it's a full-time job. It, it is. really is. It really is. It really is. It's a full-time job. It requires so much from you mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. It's a lot of isolation sometimes. It's a lot of separation. It's a lot of confusion and a lot of difficulties. So it's it's not for the faint at, of, at heart. In this creative climate where we are right now, because with everything that's changed within the industry, like with streaming and, and, and all these other things now, you have to find your place in all of this because you, you can just get lost in the crowd and just like become upset or become bitter. So you have to kind of like find yourself and find your space. Like while you're doing the acting thing, like what else are you working on? Like what other groups are you collaborating right. with? How else are you reinventing yourself as an artist? Right. And because I think it's not really enough nowadays to just be like, I'm just an actor and I'm, I have an agent and I'm just going to audition. You could do that. I would say you're severely limiting your opportunities. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where people, it's like kind of between a rock and a hard place because it's like even just to be an actor takes a lot of work and dedication. Yeah. So it's like that can be its own full-time pursuit. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking on these extra things, like say you're starting a YouTube channel, TikTok, mm-hmm. podcasts, all this stuff, right? It's like it can become very overwhelming and you could just get lost. Yes, sir. So for me, it's important to know my why. And I encourage people 
to not just do it because it's good for their career, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it is good for your career, especially if you're putting forward valuable content that people enjoy. People enjoy right. um, but yeah, I just think that um, the purpose behind what you're doing is really what's going to keep you consistent and drive you and just know what's for you and what might not be for you because you're not as passionate about it. Like yeah. for me, I have a Twitter account. I'm not really that active on Twitter. Yeah. I'm kind of interested because now Elon Musk took it over. Like I'm just curious, but like it wasn't in me that like, oh, I have to contribute, contribute. on this platform yeah. right now. Um, so I'm not trying to do everything. I like that. What is your why? So my why is to motivate, inspire, and bring people joy, man. I love mm -hmm. making people laugh. Okay. Seeing people get a break <clears throat> from their lives and the shit that they're going through just makes me feel so good. Yeah. I love that. I think that's important. And I think... That's what we, our community, that's what we did for for each other through the pandemic. Like we helped people to escape through such a hard time. So I love what we do as storytellers and as people that have the capacity to bring people that level of joy and just empathy. Um, so I love that. I love that. And you can tell because this this is what this, this whole podcast is about. So I commend you. Great job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think, too, for me, it's like <laughs> I'm a sensitive person. I'm very empathetic and I feel it's like a gift and a little bit of a curse because yeah. it's like I could be hearing a story or just crossing someone on the street and I can like kind of see into what's going on with them or how they're feeling. And then it's like my, my whole state can change. Yeah. And for me, it's a positive use of it to put that into acting and to comedy mm -hmm. because it's like, well, if I'm going to feel all the feels and, and take this on, might as well do it with direction and purpose Right, because I could be at a desk job wanting to tear my hair out, exactly. and then just feeling the feels, and it's like, what What am I doing here? Like life mm -hmm. feels so meaningless, and dot dot dot. So yeah, I'm curious. What's your why? Ah, oh, Jesus, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Before yeah, I, I say that. I thought that was beautiful. I think my why is the fact <laughs> that I just believe that. I have this innate ability, similarly to you, to change people's lives through my gifts, my music, mm. my acting. There's a connection. There is a a I've had I've experienced it with other actors, like where my life has been changed, or other artists where their music has literally changed my life for the better. And I feel like I can I know that I have that same kind of influence and and power yes yeah it's a knowing it's an internal thing i can't right. describe it and i love that you're trying to use it in such a positive way because this is making me think of this whole kanye mm. situation it's just like i grew up kanye was so inspiring to me mm -hmm. um i just have such a nostalgic feeling about his earlier albums and 
you know, I mean, even the albums that were kind of like, what? They still had some songs that were very like redeeming to me where I yeah. was like, oh, or just like made me feel like uh, I remember Blood on the Leaves. Mm. Like that song was just something about what he channeled in there and like that frustration, frustration. that manicness was it was so fascinating and interesting to me. Um, but now it's just like I used to be the person who would kind of give him the benefit of a doubt. Yeah. And it's just gotten so far now that I'm like, he'll come on my Apple music and I'll be like, I can't listen to it. I can't listen to it. You can't maybe over time, but it's like, I'm having a hard time separating what he's become right now from the music. And I like how Trevor Noah put it. He was saying how, with his mental health issues, I'm not really sure like how much of it is mental health versus how much of it is his true personality Correct. right now. Right. Um, money does funny things to people as well. It does. Uh, so there's that. I mean, he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. I just think I would love to see him kind of reverse course and like turn this into a positive, but I've been waiting for that moment for like five yeah. years. <laughs> My mom is so white. And she calls me to talk about Kanye. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's just like, what is going on, Adam? He's changed. Why? He used to make the song Jesus Walks. He walked away from Jesus. <laughs> Can I just say something, though? I love your mom, by the way. I got to meet her. <laughs> That's so funny. My empathy or my... Reservoir for Kanye has opened up. Yeah. And I say this to say, I was not growing up, I was not a a Kanye West uh, fan. I liked him. I like, because I realized he wrote a lot of music and produced a lot of music from other artists. So looking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's a genius. Like, but he wasn't somebody that, because at that time, when he was like really coming out in his era, I was going through my own transition with other things. So I wasn't even really listening to like music, you know, like that. Yeah. But then I started to look back at his his catalogs and I was like, yeah, this dude is a genius. And of course, you know, like Jesus Walks and all those other songs. <laughs> like I know them by heart. But and Gold Digger, Jesus. She gave me yeah. money when yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. damn. I love that song. Yeah. Let's talk about you singing because you just. <laughs> hold on. Wait, whoa, me, hold that on. just happened. That was Hold like, on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'll have my hands up. Like I know, right? You're like, I will shoot stick you. Up. Exactly. <laughs> he literally has his, both of his hands up. Like I'm ho- holding a gun in his face. Okay, before we go to the music thing, let me let me let me say this about Kanye. Kanye is a creative. Yeah. And I will always veer to the side of the creative because I feel like in his cry and in his outbursts some of which I don't necessarily agree with. I do feel like I hear him. I feel like sometimes it's like a child that's throwing a tantrum, right? Mm. We can say, oh, this child is so rebellious and so rude, but are we really investigating as to like why? And a a lot of it could be because of mental illness and a lot of it could also be because of the industry and how creatives have felt used or manipulated or lie to and i think some of the extremes of what they face what we see is just the matching uh reaction of it yeah what's so fascinating (laughs) though is like yes i get i understand that perspective it's like 
he's someone who may have people have tried to use him or did use him. He still came out as a billionaire. And this is somebody who's like saying that everyone's controlling and shitting on him. But it's like, dude, you are a billionaire. But that's the thing. Money doesn't buy happiness. Money, money does not buy happiness. And I mean, money is great and it makes people happy, but it's not the end all be all, especially as a creative. Like we don't, we still don't understand like what is his why? Maybe, maybe he has the money, but he hasn't even tapped into like what his why is. Like we've seen him go through so many transitions and that's what happens as artists. They, they have to go through these transitions. And if you go through them successfully, that's when you're still relevant. So kudos to him, kudos to the Beyonce's, to the Jay-Z's, to um, all these artists that are like still relevant. You know what I mean? But you've heard all this anti-Semitic stuff he's saying, right? Like that stuff to me. Yeah, no. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Like some of the things I don't necessarily agree with from him. I don't. I don't understand. I don't agree with it. But I'm not going to cancel him. I'm not mm -hmm. going to. I'm not going to uh, denote. Or, or devalue him. I, I, I just want to see like what's going on because I feel like if we just keep canceling people, then we're not getting to the roots of, of, the, of the issues. Because again, it could be mental illness. It could be him speaking out against a lot of injustices that he's ex- he's been exposed to. And I'm not on his level to understand that yet. So I don't, I, I can't speak to that. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've just always been told like, you never speak to something that you yourself have not been exposed to because you really don't know the ins and outs of it. Mm. So I do agree. I do agree. I don't agree with everything that he says. But as a creative, that's just there's just something in me. Like I've been a, I've been a part of organizations and, and productions and things where I'm like, if people only knew the shit that is going on, like the, the show looks great and we sound great and we're doing we're going. But if people only know the bullshit that we have to deal with behind the scenes. Right, right. So I think this is a this is an acting out of like what's something deeper. Right. Like behind this podcast, even though it sounds so fucking amazing, it's like there's so much bullshit and drama <sighs> and gossip and secrets. Exactly. And lateness. There's feel, so much. I feel uh I feel like I'm being called out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When you start when I go on Instagram and I start talking bad about your podcast i hope you're ready for oh that. damn okay i see how it is you thought kanye hey. was bad oh have you ever been have you ever dealt with it with a mean behavior right get canceled on my own podcast. oh we cancel you like cancel we, we'd be like who, who is that did that person even exist <laughs> oh damn Axe oral. i gotta be careful the bohemians now they're coming after me i just all i wanted to do was escape to their paradise and they came to me in la I demolished. <laughs> no, we love you. We you are you are amazing. We love you. We would never cancel you. That's assuring. Yeah. Let's put that like. Let's just take that. So in case I ever say something later that produces shock and awe and anger, we'll just play that clip. We'll just play that and clip. It oh my god! Balances everything out. There's no way anyone could ever cancel me if they also hear that clip, right? You know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb. Hoping that you don't say anything stupid or any bad thing, but I'm gonna say yeah, we won't cancel you. I feel like you 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 you're just too much of a good guy. We we all have said we all say stupid stuff. Yeah, we all say stupid stuff. Um, 
I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, I feel like cancel culture is real and a lot of it is very relevant. Yeah. And overdue. However, um, kind of to your point earlier, I do think that it's a little overdone and that as a, as a society, we need to look a little deeper rather than just be dismissive. Yeah, I do agree because at the end of the day, these are still people at the end of the day. We're all still human beings. We're all still people and we're all still trying to navigate this thing called life. And what it is that we've been called to do. So mm-hmm. I've just learned to not be so one-sided about certain things. I will never disres- I will never take disrespect or take uh, somebody disrespecting another group. So I don't agree with any particular group or uh, or, or ethnicity or race being uh, crit- like uh, disrespected in that manner. So I don't I don't stand for that, but. However, I also recognize that we as human beings, we have so many fallacies that we need to be taught so that we can then teach the next generation. Because if we just keep canceling each other, people won't have the opportunity to learn. They, they'll be afraid. Right. And, then you, and anything that's birthed out of fear, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. It leads to so many other bad things. Right. You know what I mean? So I I feel like some of these people are just martyrs for our generation so that we can open, have open conversations about these hard conversations, but we can be, we can be open about it so that we can move forward as a, as a, as a community, as a people, and we can grow together. Yeah. To me, it's also about, for example, I guess there's various, like this could, this is definitely like a college class like cancel culture yeah in society um but i guess as far as like the aspect with comedians when i coach comedians and some of them you know it's like when you're exploring your art especially when you're newer you're you're going to maybe go places that mm-hmm. are a little dark and for me it's all about like what is the intention beneath what you're saying yeah if i get the sense that someone's intention is like punching down on a group of people especially a marginalized group of people of course that is a signal for me like to talk to them about that Mm -hmm. like what is the intention here you know is this what you want to say because this is what you're communicating yeah um and do you really want to punch down on these people who have already been punched down on exactly and then on top of that, we need to stop generalizing things. Like just because somebody is black or is Indian or Asian, like we, you, you know what I mean? Like we generalize, yeah. we're all individuals. Yeah, we come from different places. It's like you see somebody that has like that, that's Asian in the street. And it's like you automatically assume that that person is, that they were born on that side of the world, but they probably they were probably just born here in America. Yeah. And they, they they can't even speak. Like, let's just say if it's a person that looks Korean. Right. But they're they were born in, in, in America. They, I've met people that that are that have Korean like ancestry or descent, and they, they can't even speak the language. Right, right. So it's like we, you know, everybody this world is so complex. Like, people are people, and we have to stop generalizing uh 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 because when we start doing all these big generalizations, I understand like there's a need for it at a particular time. But we also have to just see people for who they are and where they are right now in this particular moment and just understand, okay, this person either has a mental illness 
or they're just being rebellious. They're just speaking out, out of just ignorance. And you just, yeah, we, we, got, we have to stop generalizing. Yeah, this is the college class. This is. We got to teach this shit. We have to. People need to know. Yeah. <laughs> they have to know. We got to write a syllabus. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like that's why I like mixing of cultures and getting and traveling and, and meeting pe- people from different places because when you're from a particular group and you've been born in a in a particular environment, you only see things that the television teaches you about, you know, other groups of people. Right. And half of that is a bunch of bullshit. Right. It's a lot of just like archaic stereotypical and you talk to somebody and they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what they show on TV. But this is the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where the value is. That's where the truth is. That's where the relationships and, and the chemistry is built. Not just based upon some, you know, stereotype. Yeah. So this was an interesting way to avoid the topic of music in your life and the song Orbit. Yes. I thought this song was so dope, man. Like, I didn't know you had chops like that, you know, because mm-hmm. I had just met you and didn't even know about this. So tell us a little bit about this song. Um, mm-hmm. Where can people listen to it? Is there some place people can listen to it right now? So they can get they can get the demo on my TikTok or on my Instagram That's feed. a start, yeah. But the song isn't going to be released until later on. I'm hoping maybe by November, December. Okay. I'm actually going to uh, Palm Springs to shoot the music video for it. Oh. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. We're shooting in the desert. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Orbit came around. I, I, I was listening to this, to, to, this, to this instrumental and it kind of like inspired me. And... I just started writing the lyrics and it was just like out of worldly man. And it was, it spoke to the situation of what I was going in. Like, I'll just recite the first verse of it. Uh, it says it's cosmic, this love out of this world, this trust life gets crazy. We work the daily working, trying to find who we are. Will we ever find who we are? But I know, I know that I want you spinning in my orbit, spinning in my orbit, because ga- gravity cannot hold us down. And it says, I'm coming up to you. Do you want to sing it? Do you want me to sing a little bit of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, you got this. <laughs> okay. It's cosmic, this love, out of this world, this trust that we have. Oh, us. this life is crazy. We live the daily working, trying to find who we are. Will we ever find who we are? But I know, I know that I want you spinning in orbit, spinning in orbit, cause. Gravity can't hold me down. I'm coming up to you. I'm coming up to you. I'm coming up to you. You guys, yeah, that's... You get a sense of it. Really nice, bro. Thank you. It means a lot. It's a, it's a, it, The song really means a lot to me. Yeah. Do you do vocal coaching? I do. I actually do. I don't like to advertise that I do. I, 
You have other focuses, yeah. I, I like working with people vocally, but it's just like, a part of me, I just didn't want to brand myself as like a vocal coach. Right, that's like a whole thing on its own. It's a whole industry on its own. I feel like that 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 might pull me away from like my, you know, so I might just do like a course from my perspective that people can just buy. And I, you know, I could do some one-on-ones too if people are really interested. There are some people that I actually promise to do one-on-ones with, but I'm, I don't like to brand myself as a vocal coach because I feel like that in itself is a super specific industry. Right. But I can, I, I'm a, I'm a trained vocal coach. Like I have a, certi- a certificate from the New York Vocal Coaching Academy. So I'm legit. Yeah, that is legit. Exactly. Like that could be on my hinge profile. <laughs> On the audio recording. In my orbit. <laughs> All right, vocals. So the song will be out by this year. I'm thinking Thanksgiving. I want it out in Thanksgiving. And then the music video will probably be out in December. A good way, a good Christmas gift. It's dope. Like, I like the concept. Um, I'm into space. I'm like a space nerd. Same. Um, so I love like those new photos that were released and everything. Like mm-hmm. it's just so cool and fascinating. So, I haven't seen them yet. I gotta check them out. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, like the the high definition level is like, oh my god, yeah. it's so beautiful. What is the meaning of life? Like oh, I cannot just, wait. Yeah, it, it's it's so wild. And, and that's what the song is talking about, like that moment of escape, like just being around this 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 this, this this environment that just takes you out of the hustle and the bustle and you're in this cosmic escape is what I like to call it. Yeah, yeah, because it really is like that. Like when you're with someone new and you're falling in love or you're in love, it's like, wow. Yeah, it definitely takes you to a different place mentally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's a good metaphor. Like, you are kind of in their orbit. Like, you get to know their friends, like, their hobbies, the things that they're into, their vibe, their... You get to understand, like, why they are the way they are, too, because they share with you about their personal history, and and you do the same, hopefully. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's that's good stuff, man. Thank you. That's like, uh, it sounds like, an emotionally healthy attitude towards relationships as well, where it's like, there's a lot of toxic stuff going on a lot. Well, uh, I consider my, I consider music that I make now is like high vibrational, high value music, yeah. high vibrational, high value. So it's funny that you even say that because yeah, it's, it's a lot of toxicity. Yeah. Cause it's like, I see it on the dating profiles, man. I'm like, oh my God, like who is this girl? You know? Yeah. Just, he's gotta drive a BMW. He what? better be a cat guy. He has to love drinking whiskey gingers on Friday nights. It's like that's a deal breaker. Right. Like the like ev- like every little thing about you, it's like you're you're kind of it's like they're trying to manifest through the algorithm. Like, this is what I'm about, and I just want somebody who matches, who matches that exactly. Yeah. I mean, this sounds nice, but it sounds almost a little bit Black Mirror-ish too, right? If I found a girl that was exactly like me, I think I would go fucking crazy about her to begin with, and then it would be awful as time progressed. As time progressed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think opposites do attract, and... The way dating apps are set up now, I mean, 
it's so unfortunate that you, Jesus, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. <laughs> you must like cats. I like that one. Yeah. And well, I don't, I'm allergic to cats. So oh, that's, wow. that's a deal breaker. Oh my God. It's a deal. That's my deal breaker. <laughs> Bitch. It's so sad though, because I feel like our generation is so, we have, we're so talented and we're so smart and we're so unique and so creative but I just feel like sometimes we block ourselves off from good human, healthy interaction. Yeah, it's true. People don't, and I've I've found that people respond better to toxicity than they actually do mm. to high vibrational thinking or just behavior or relationships. So you find that a lot of people slip back into their toxicity just to just to like flex it to say, okay. I know what this can yield. I know what this, I know what fruit this can bring me. Yeah. I used to think that love should feel like a Ja Rule song. Oh, a Ja Rule and an Ashanti song? Yeah. Or like, just a Ja Rule song? Like, yeah, I mean. Because Ja Rule and Ashanti is a vibe. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could, yeah. I just feel like in general, like the mix of like the aggressiveness mixed with like that, like, ooh, do, do, do. Yeah. Do, do, do. you know them at the what's it called uh the fair, the fair yeah. you know and he's like winning the thing and he's getting her you know mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah but i mean it's like there's a there's a lot of toxic shit in those songs oh and then 50 cent came along and i was like i'm done with you and then yeah, yeah i'm done he just opened up a whole new <laughs> door that led to so many other things i had to change my screen name and everything <laughs> Yeah, boy, 50 Cent. Mm -hmm. Those were the years. Oh, man. Yes. 50 Cent. I I just, you know, love is love. And I just, sometimes you got to travel to the other side of the world to find your soulmate. You might, Mm. you know, sometimes you just got, you got to focus on you. You got to, you got to take yourself out. You got to travel. You got to build yourself as a high vibrational human being because there's so many things out here trying to like take you down and make you depressed or make you succumb to all of these things. So you got to hold your energy and hold your light, even if it's just for you. And then maybe just maybe you might find somebody else that has has the same value system and honors that light and, and cherishes that in you. Yeah. I think for me, like I love dating people from other cultures because it's like, to me, well, a it's like, that's what, I came from. I'm gonna I'm introduce like, you to, to, to a Bahamian girl. Oh, a nice island black Bahamian girl. Oh, okay. Let I'm me a, know I, what's up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> introduce you. We got some fine girls back in the islands. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I. So there was this girl. Um, she was she was she was from Pakistan in my acting oh, school. Okay. Her name was yeah. Sada Sada. She was a pop star. She's really beautiful. And oh, then I and yeah. then there was another girl who was who was actually also Indian, um, and I think she had a crush on me, but I won't I won't call her name just in case she has said this podcast. But she I I, I just you know it was what, what it was for me it was the hair, the Indian hair. I just love it. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's so luscious and because <laughs> they because hair is a big thing for them, right? Right, for, right, for Indian right. women, right? It's 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 yeah very sacred. Right, right. So that energy comes across. Whenever I meet a woman from that part of the world, it's just, it's the hair. It just stands out. 
Yeah, I was dating a girl who, um, when I went to India, um, this was like, oh man, this is throwback. This is 2012. Jeez. Um, I know, I know. When I went to India, I met this girl on the flight back and uh, she was from where my dad was from. So for me, it was very much so like connecting with my roots too, like mm-hmm. through her, which maybe not is, is the best reason to be in a relationship. But, you know, I was was seeing her for a while. But I'm, yeah, I'm very attracted to people from other cultures. I just feel like it's so fascinating. Like yeah. they're endlessly interesting to me because it's like it can feel a little basic because it's like everything here. I know it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's various parts of the U.S. I haven't been to, like certain intricacies of the culture for sure. Exactly. But, you know, there's a lot about the U.S. I know. Right. <laughs> I'm very American. So, yeah, like with this girl, she's super sweet, like amazing girl, you know, but it was just like after a while, it does get a little tough. She's in India. I'm in America. She was a flight stewardess. So that made it a little bit easier, like because mm-hmm. she would um, like come in on flights sometimes and mm. that type of thing so and she would uh mainly lived in dubai actually okay um but yeah maybe that's that's a story of another day but that is that yeah sounds like it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but let's circle back here i wanted to talk a little bit about the business side of acting because mm-hmm. i know i get a lot of actors that ask me questions about my rep and stuff yeah and um yeah, it's one of those things people really want to get to the bottom of that. Like they come in the industry and they're like, how do I get an agent? How do I get a manager? Yeah. To be fair, I feel like it's not really the first thing people need to be worried about. Like, you know, or work on your craft, on your own networking. It's nice if an agent can find you. I think that's a great way yeah. to start that relationship too. But I do understand that it's a hustle. And um, putting yourself out there is definitely positive, too. Um, You don't want to present as too thirsty, even if you secretly are. Right. (laughs) Listen. Um, Hide that. Hide that thirstiness. Don't let them feel that, even though if it's it's existing. If it's existing. You're an actor. So you can do it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, tell us a little bit about, you know, with your agency, Metropolis Artist Agency. How did you get your foot in the door there? And what's your experience been like? Well, yeah, shout out to Marius. Uh, he's my Polish oh, agency. Oh, that's what's up. I'm half yeah. Polish. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I'm so disconnected, though. Like, I've never been to Poland. Like, I know Jeez. nothing about Polish culture besides, like, kibasi mm. and pierogies. I'm going to take a trip. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 would, I, I would love to hear of your exploits when you come back. Okay. Sounds good. Yes. But my, yes, my agent, my Polish agent, he is amazing. I actually met him... While I was in acting school, oh, I was I had a really good relationship with my acting teachers, and I always made sure that even though I asked a lot of questions and I probably got on their nerves a lot, like I always maintained a relationship because you're at every stage of your life as an actor, the people that you surround yourself with or the people that you are around are your your th- that that's your circle of influence or your networking. So I recognize that. I didn't know anybody else in the industry coming from the Bahamas other than these people that were teaching me acting. Mm. Some of who were already in the industry and just were teaching now or were still currently doing it, pursuing it. You know, they were teaching, but they, some of them were also on sets or they were directing shows on Broadway. One of my acting teachers, Barbara Rubin, she she was directing a, a, a new Broadway play last year. Um so yeah, they're in the business. So I recognize that relationships is so key. So I met my agent through my one of my acting teachers. 
they were their friends. Great. And he said, I want I want you to meet this young guy. He's really good. He's from the Bahamas. And he just took me on word of mouth. Didn't even really have to see me perform anything. Cause I invited him to my last final play, but he didn't he couldn't make it. So through relationship and through being just being a great connector and a great influ a great uh communicator, showing not really showing, but being disciplined in the craft and making sure that the people that you work with, that you bring a presence and an energy and a and a professionalism that makes people want to fight for you, that makes people want to give you an opportunity. If it had not been for that for that acting teacher Zenon introducing me to my to Marius, I I would have never had him. And and Marius has been really good to me. Is this a Scientology acting class? <laughs> you said Zenon. I was like, where is this going? Oh, that's his name. That's the name of my acting teacher. Okay, where's he from? Zenon. Jesus, I think he's he's Polish too. <laughs> 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 He's, I was going to say Russian, but I don't know. He's, he's Bro, that's the wildest name. Zenon. I know. His last name is Jesus Lord. He, he sounds like me. a villain in the Marvel Universe. Well. But I'm sure he's a great acting coach. Shout out to Zenon. He, Zenon was a tough cookie. Zenon was the the, the acting teacher that you you kind of like, you, you you had a little fear for. So, yeah, that that type is suits him really good <laughs> but he's amazing though he's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. he's actually in the last time i talked to him he was in dubai teaching acting there he went there during the pandemic wow. you know everybody had to pivot so right everybody come into acting class with their D and g and exactly. gucci and all that they just hit the mall They're and he's to loving it oh yeah down there. i think he's getting treated like royalty i need to go pay him a visit well that must be really interesting like humbling it some is. ritzy ass people Hello. <laughs> Hello. But do yeah. you feel ritzy? Ritzy? Well, you said well, I said ritzy. You said hello. Oh no, I was I was just agreeing <laughs> with you. Oh, I thought you said like I've arrived. Hello, and well, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. No, anything can happen. Yeah. In the, in a short space of yeah. time. Tomorrow I might. I guess I'm rich now. Exactly. I guess I'm rich now. I'd be like, I hit out of my. I booked the job. I've Hell been on yeah. a few auditions this past week, so you just never know. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I, believe I honestly it. do. Hundred percent. Amen. So talk to me about management. How did you find management? So I found management, and this is a resource that a lot of actors, young actors coming into the industry can 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 use is Actors Access. They have this thing called talent link yes. where you can put your resume and headshot out and i think it's only like 35 dollars. i mean come on guys we spend 35 dollars on like other things that won't serve us a purpose that you could you could definitely invest 35 dollars into your acting career and i did it and I, I was i was avoiding doing it for so long i don't even know why i kept throwing it off i think because i wanted to take new headshots so then mm. i finally took the headshots and then it was like another month and i was like okay i'll just do it and i did it and i had somebody respond to me uh hartman christopher hartman cool uh management and we talked and like okay let's let's see how this works out and so far it's been like a month and a half and it's new so far i've been on like three auditions okay prior to not having any right right yeah, I've done talent link before. I feel like it's definitely a positive thing for actors because it's not like you're 
um, submitting to a bunch of them, like seeing what sticks. It's right. like there's people that are out there looking and um, they run across your profile. And I mean, it's it's the effort is really put into you and your profile. Right. Right. Because that's like, what lures them to you. Like, right. <laughs> I think a big thing, too, is figuring out what an agent or manager sees in you. So, for example, if you're SAG and this person is like, oh, they're SAG, but I bet you low-key they could book a bunch of non-union auditions and they'll be fine. I'll convince them. That's not the place you want to be. Say that. Correct. So you got to be careful and kind of like investigate that a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to go into the meeting acting all suspect about it, but coming in asking them some questions about how they view your career. Of course, know how you view it. They're going to be asking you about that most likely. Um, but yeah, I think knowing what their intentions are, um, I think is a really positive thing because yeah. you're going to get a sense of if you guys are aligned, you might see some yellow or red flags in that, what they tell you, which is a sign to go the other way. Yeah. Um, so it's about knowing if things are aligned. Yeah. And having that relationship and communication is so important so definitely but put yourself out there like don't be afraid um i would say don't sign any contracts that have you in like these long holdings of like you know how many years what you help me well all right i'll say this so a lot of agencies are franchised with sag and i personally would recommend for an agent to go through that route because it's like that's a standard contract right that's a standard contract and you're not gonna get into some weird situation if it's a sag contract they're pretty much as far as i know maybe they differ by the year they come out or whatever but they're pretty standardized mm -hmm. so and also the sag is going to have your back like right. if something if you run into some weird situation they have lawyers like that's literally what you are paying union dues partially for mm -hmm. is like they have a team of lawyers and people that have developed those contracts and are there to stick behind you if if things get weird yeah so for me i think it's better to have that backing than a random contract um because if you sign a random contract i mean you can read it but you're not a lawyer, so there might be things you'll run into. It's like, oh, this is kind of ambiguous or weird. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, like, you could read it and, like, get a sense. Um, if there is something that sticks out to you, I would recommend having a lawyer look over it. Um, mm -hmm. It can get a little expensive, but this is your career as well. So I think paying a lawyer for an hour of their time to look over a contract. I've done that with a management contract okay. before. Okay. And um, they basically pointed out things to me in this contract because to be clear, like managers, there is, I believe, the Talent Managers Association. And I think that they have a standardized contract now. It's not affiliated with the union for Actors SAG, but it's it's an organization that's trying to make a standardized um expectation and mm -hmm. then i believe that sag has some connection with that so it's a little bit more of the wild wild west with contracts for managers mm. um so i would just 
go with your gut as well. Like that's a part of it. It's like, okay, do I, do I feel like I trust this person? But then also have someone look over it that you trust, preferably a lawyer or somebody with law knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So much sense. Yep. Yeah. Take his words, guys. That makes sense. Yeah. Just because, you know, they may not have any bad intention, but it's all good until you booked a huge job and then things could get weird and you don't want to be in that position at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Then things get rough. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of people just sign contracts, you know, they don't really sweat it. They just like sign it. And to be honest, I've done that before as well. Um, But looking back, I definitely prefer the times where I, Talk to a Talk lawyer. Talk to a lawyer. Yeah. Because yeah. you, yeah. you know what you're up against. Yeah. And know this. If you talk to a lawyer and have things to change in the contract, it could ruffle the feathers of the manager. If you come back with things you want to change on the contract. Mm. I've had to do that and have that dialogue before. And um, I still worked with that management company. But I could tell it was a little bit like I did it knowing that this person might feel like, Oh, you know what? I don't want to deal with all this. I don't want to deal with these changes or whatever. But that could be a sign too. If this person right. doesn't want to deal with those small minor changes that you and your lawyer worked out, that might mean they don't respect you or right. value you as an actor and your craft and what you're bringing to these auditions as much as you thought. Can we just talk about value for a moment? Yeah, let's do it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, sorry. do it. No. So one of the things, because one of the things that I'm, I also do is I, I I coach creatives. Right. And just from my own experience, I feel like one of the things that we as creatives constantly battle with is finding our value in this space. Not just within ourselves, but with the people that we work with and the people that we sign these contracts with. And to Kanye and to Kanye's to Kanye, back to the Kanye West conversation, I think even that, like stuff like this, like it get sometimes it gets so bad till it gets to these kinds of levels, and it's on every different level, because um, a lot of people have signed contracts or signed things, and it's like they realize that oh, this is a shitty contract, like or this this company never really had my best interest at heart, or. I don't value myself because I don't put in the the energy or the effort into my career, but yet I'm spec I'm expecting uh, things to happen. So it's just like different things. So I think value at every juncture in our professional and personal lives, we have to stipulate where do we place value, and even those standards and those boundaries, because I feel like they're all connected. Value is 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 a part of it is values and standards. It's so important that we have those things because if we don't, we will allow ourselves to run dry and 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 be so unhappy in our pursuit of the thing that's supposed to bring us joy. Right, right. And I feel like it's a little bit tricky, especially with artistic endeavors. It's kind of like if you're a starving artist um, and or doing something that requires you to do something you hate to make a living, there can definitely, a sense of desperation can develop. Mm -hmm. And that's gonna fuck with your feeling of value. So it's a little bit tricky. It is tricky. Because I remember 
when I first started out and um, I was doing a bunch of these catering gigs and stuff and bartending and it wasn't all bad, you know, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel like I felt desperate to and, get out. Yeah. I felt like, oh my God, like I just need to make this money today so I can pay my rent and oh my God. And then when I get an audition, it's like, this, this is going to save me. Right. This is going to, I have to do a good job because this is going to save me. And first of all, it's just a terrible experience to feel that it's like you're, you're living for your, this idea of your future self and trying to escape your current reality. So it's just not fun. Um, and also you're not going to put your best work forward in that mindset but, you know, we all do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. But if there's ways you can, like, arrange your life and get out of something that's making you unhappy, do it. Because the more fulfilled you are as a human being, you're going to be able to bring that to your art and come from a place of being full. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think this is a constant conversation that, we have to have with ourselves and with the people around us and even in spaces that are creative spaces where we work and where we, where we create, we have to find those moments where we recognize, am I really operating out of a place of fullness or is this a place of desperation? Am I being true to myself? Am I honoring myself and my gifts? Cause sometimes even just speaking up about certain things gives us the permission to be more brave and more, I would say even more intentional about what we do. I feel like sometimes as artists, we feel like we're not supposed to say things or we're not supposed to speak up or we're not supposed to share how we feel and how this, how this is making us feel. But we sometimes, you know, like there's a saying that says a closed mouth does not get fed. And sometimes people don't even know unless you say it. And again, it's the same kind of scenario. Well, if their attitude and their behavior is derogatory towards something that's really hurting you or harming you, then should you really be connected to this project? Should you really be connected to this person? Should you really be connected to this environment? Maybe you need to find a new tribe. Hmm. Maybe you need to find a new management or a new creative hub that will feed and, 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 and flourish what it is that you already have because you have everything that you need. You just need an opportunity. Yeah. And I like what you said about stepping up and sharing your opinions and your values, because I mean, that's a lot of what being an artist is about. Yeah. Right. Like you're you're putting your foot down and saying like, this is who I am. This is what I represent. This is my view of the world. This is my view of this character. Mm-hmm. So it's a very bold thing to do. And that's why I have so much respect for artists, because that is so bold. Yeah. There's a lot of people that would prefer not to do that. Right. Because they don't want to have to um get into that gray area with people of like oh this is going to open up a dialogue or maybe you don't like my opinion or whatever so exactly. yeah have an opinion don't wait for somebody to tell you what your opinion is and because it's a business if if you get more into 
the the commercialized idea of what acting is, you're going to forget what it is to be an artist. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm about being commercially successful as well. Of like, course. so I see that side of it. Right. Like, but it's an aspect. It's mm -hmm. an aspect. So as a professional, you know what you need to do within those dynamics and circumstances. Right. If if Orbit Gum is paying you to have Orbit appear in your new video oh, in Palm Springs. You just Springs. gave me an idea. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then, you know, do what you need to do. If Orbit's paying you that money, you know, you can have those creative conversations mm -hmm. and it's not, it doesn't need to be all like, I have to like crush the opinion of Orbit because <laughs> they're trying to steal my vision. You made an agreement to do Orbit, right? right? So it's like, there's give and take there. But at the same time, it's very dangerous to forget what it means to be an artist because you'll lose yourself. You will. You definitely will lose yourself. And I think that's the detriment to this field is that when we we've, we have so many artists who we have yet to discover or had or may have passed away or like given up because their voice and their truth, they felt that their voice and their truth was a burden versus it being a blessing their platform like speaking up and sharing those values because i want you to know somebody will listen there are people that feel the same way that you do but you have to like you have to step out on a limb you have to take that path less traveled if you believe that this is what you've been called to do and you have to find value within yourself you can't find value through the applause you can't find value through your family you can't even find value through your your spouse or your significant other or your cat. <laughs> I mean, I have a cat, <laughs> and, you know, but you got to find value within yourself first. Right. It starts there. And 100%. then everything else is going to flourish. Yeah. Speaking of flourishing, um, your Instagram is flourishing with photos right now. I was looking through, um, you know, I, I stalk all my guests to know what's going stalk. on with them before they appear here. I love that. Um, yeah, I got to I gotta know what's up. But we have a certain um, someone we know in common or maybe someone you ran into recently. And um, last name starts with an N. N as in Nancy? Um, N as in Nancy, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's not the person's last name, but N as in because I think right, you said right. M, you know. N, okay. N? Is this person an actor as well? Yes. Uh give me some clues. <laughs> I, I... Well, um, they started on a certain show. Um that I know them for. That's uh, a hilarious oh, comedy. Daisy Nash, Niecy Nash. <laughs> Why like Niecy Nash? That's staying. That's is staying. it gonna stay? Oh my god! Please no! Please! Oh my god! You got. You Why know, did I say Stacy? You know what you're thinking of? You were thinking of Stacy Dash and Niecy and Nash. Yes, together. That is so. <laughs> so I worked with Niecy Nash on Getting On on HBO. You did go watch that. I'll get my residual check. It'll come in like five cents, you know. Yes. But, um. Yeah. Wonderful actress. Um. Very sweet. And I she just oh love God. that. Uh. Sh you know, it's like my circle of people. It's interesting 
how everyone can kind of it comes full circle. It comes full circle. It comes full circle. Maybe one day I'll meet Stacy Dash as well. <laughs> Even though I've heard I've heard that she's uh I don't know. I Oral watches a lot of gossip. For people that don't know, Oral's my roommate. <laughs> but they're like, who is this guy? He was the on the first episode of the podcast. Um but he uh he watches a lot of gossipy stuff mm-hmm. on TV. So I get into a little bit all like, oh, what's this gossip? What's the tea? Um so yeah, yeah, I heard that there was there was some some n- stuff going on. Downward spiral. So Stacy 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 Dash Stacy Dash. We're we're here for you. You know, we we hope things move forward in a positive direction. We're not gonna we're not gonna lead on canceling you. Yes. And Nisi, please don't cancel me because I did. listen, I don't know. I just love you. I'm s so, I love you. He didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I had a brain fart. <laughs> I actually did. I had a brain fart. I didn't have breakfast this morning. <laughs> What'd you have for lunch? Pistachios and kombucha. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. So So it's like eat healthy, but you also gotta eat. I know. I don't worry, I will be eating after this. Okay, I'll Thank let you. you go eat, bro. It's so great having you here today. Like, You're just gonna I throw me away message. just like that. We're done. Well, okay. Do you wanna leave with like a message for creatives? Cause I know you coach creatives. Mm-hmm. Is there a common theme in a lot of your coaching sessions or seminars where the audience could have a takeaway? Well, other than me stressing or like really just preaching about like doing things to like find finding value within yourself, take care of yourself, like love yourself, give yourself permission to fail and don't be afraid to launch out into the deep. There is a, uh, a a parable from the Bible that talks about like when the fishermen were on the water and they were trying to fish and they were trying to like catch fish, but nothing was happening, right? And uh, Jesus, who was preaching, told them to ask to borrow their boat and to go out into the into the sea. And as he was preaching, he told them, he was like, after he was done, he's like, okay, like cast your nets. And they were like, well, we cast our nets and like, there was nothing that we caught. He's like, okay, we'll cast it on the other side. And when they did that, that's when they caught the fish. So that parable to me is like, if something isn't working in this area, then don't be afraid to pivot into something else. You might have been focusing on, you know, film and tv right now but maybe commercials is is your strong suit or you might want to do theater but voiceover is the thing that you're really that's really opening up for you like i I don't want to say be a jack of all trades but like if you've been putting a lot of your energy into something keep your hand on that but then also like pivot into something else try something else within this career because our our field is so vast just be pretty versatile and just always be ready for those for those opportunities because you just never know which one can change your life. So that's all I wanted to say. Was Jesus black? I think Jesus. I think he had some black blackness in him in his right. DNA. Yeah, but I don't think he was fully black. Okay. I think he's more he's Middle Eastern, right? Yeah, I agree with you. That's how at least I view yeah. Jesus. Is like. 
Yeah, like he's dark, a little darker skin. Dark, darker skin, yeah. you know, really curly, like really, what do you call it? I want to say coarsey hair, but like, you know, thick. He wasn't hair. like a white dude you would find in Malibu. N- I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I highly doubt that. I'm kind of offended. <laughs> there was a by that a white image. Jesus cross. Um, well, a Jesus, white Jesus, in our church when growing up in like wow, one of the churches. Wow, really? Yeah, and he looked like he looked like a surfer from Malibu, like long, flowy blonde hair, blue eyes, and <laughs> blonde. Th- th- it's so funny that it's blonde too, because here it's like he's white. Like when I grew up, like uh, he was white, but he had brown hair. Brown Yours, hair. He had blonde hair. Blonde hair. Wow, that's next level. It was next level. So when I tell you, every time I walked into our little storefront church. And this is in the church that I grew up in. This is the church that I decided to, to go to after my original church because I just wanted to change. We would walk into the door of our little storefront church and we would see this picture of a white Jesus just looking so angelic and <laughs> blonde hair and just, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh my oh god! My god, yeah, it's it's hard to imagine that. Mm-hmm. It's like, good yeah. god. I grew yeah. I grew up in church, so yeah, it's 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 been a time. It's been yeah. an interesting time. But yeah. my church growing up was so boring. I remember the first time I went to a black church, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so interesting." It's like I, theater, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> I love this. Like the like music a- was so much better. Like the the pastor actually had energy, energy and, and a message and passion. And and my pastor was like, if you turn to the book of Luke, if your Bibles are right in front of you, you turn I'll make sure you get that leaflet. It's like, <laughs> oh my God. I used to I remember my leg used to you know how like when you need more stimulation, yeah, my yeah, leg yeah, used yeah. to shake like that the oh, entire wow. time. And my mom would be like, Adam, stop that. I'm like, what do you want me to what do, do here? Do? Um, like, this is the most boring place I have ever been. I wish we were friends when we were like teenagers. <laughs> you would have loved my churches. Like, they were so just it, you felt like you were in maybe that's how i ended up in theater too like really because i was like i was really already a part of a production <laughs> yeah 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 i'm trying to think like you know when um i don't know it's it might be different in the bahamas right but it's like i remember this was um a city called norristown which is like 30 minutes from philly mm. and um basically like the orchestra would change up the rhythm and then um, mostly women would start like stepping and yeah. they'd be like, and it was just like a whole event kick and, it up. and they would go through like the whole church doing it and mm-hmm. it would become a whole, it would live on its own. Yeah. And I remember looking over to my friend and I'd be like, what's happening? What's happening? It's here? probably shout music. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then people would have to get like cloths over them and stuff. Yeah. Cause I, some of them would fall out. Right. right. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> I love the fact that you said it. it's so cool. That's, so, that's actually really funny. I love that. Yeah. I was like, Mom, I think I want to go to Hafiz's church. Exactly. <laughs> Can we drive there every Sunday? <laughs> the entertainment is top notch. Listen. <laughs> oh, my God. So I have this show. This show. And I know we're, we're, we're supposed to be closing, right? But I have this this show that I'm that I'm working on. And the character is loosely based off of my life. Right. So he moves from the Bahamas to Los to Los Angeles in pursuit of 
a, a music career, but he uh-huh. comes. He's a he's a he's the son of a of a pastor, and that church that you're describing is where he's from. So you can imagine the est- extreme of being in like a Holy Ghost sanctified church and then moving into LA where you're exposed to like everything that they preach against. Right. And I'm I'm really excited about this show. Like I really want to. I would really love to to work on it. You know what? I would if 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 I if I do it. If I and if I become an, hopefully by the time as I come back as another guest, hopefully if I if I'm invited back, yeah, of course, I can share, but no lateness, no lateness. But then we might go to the laundromat together again. I really like that. Nope, okay. not happening. Okay. By this time in our futures, I should not be doing my own laundry. Come on, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Unless it's like in your fancy. Yeah, or I do it, but I do it like apartment. resentfully. Like, ugh. I get it. Do I have to do this? Yeah, it's I'm, like, I'm such on a different level. Why? Or like bitter that I don't have anybody doing it. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. This my my life should have moved forward by now. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I really do appreciate. This. this has been amazing. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, of course, Jonathan. It was great having you. Until next time. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>